I want to resume my series in the book of Acts on Unstoppable, and today we'll pick up in Acts chapter 3. As you're turning there, let me review back to uh, the first couple of chapters in Acts and remind you what we learned at the first of the year. In Acts chapter 1, we see Jesus Christ ascending to the right hand of God the Father, and He's going to reign there until He comes back again for His church. He promised to send His Holy Spirit to empower the church for the unstoppable quest of reaching the nations of the world with the good news of the gospel. And uh, then He did that by sending His Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The Spirit of God descended on the room with about 120 spirit-filled disciples and the body of Christ was formed. As a result of their witness and as a result of Peter's preaching, in one day thousands of people were saved and added to their number. Acts chapter 2 goes on to explain how the Holy Spirit formed them into a spiritual family that is growing in love for God, growing in love for the Word, and growing in love for one another. And it really is a sweet thing when you read Acts chapter 2. Now, it would be so easy for them to do what we so often do. And that is just to settle in and enjoy the good life of the church. Just to kind of sit back and say, God bless me and mine and pour the blessings on. But they were living in the irresistible power of God's Holy Spirit. And so they were out in the community letting their light shine. And that's where we pick up in Acts chapter 3 verse 1. It says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, which is the ninth hour. Now in these early days of the church, the apostles of course were the leaders of the church. And here we have two of them, Peter and John. They're going to the temple to pray at one of the set times of prayer for Jews. It's something that Peter and John have done for years and they're doing it again this day. Verse 2 says, And a certain man lame from his mother's womb, okay, so he's been lame his whole life, was carried, whom they laid daily. That is, every day they brought this lame man to the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. So every day they brought this handicapped man, a lame man, to the temple gate, and there he would beg for money, and he did it every single day. Now, this was not an unusual scene in the New Testament, just like it's not an unusual scene in our day and time. I mean, you, you can drive almost to, uh, not say any intersection, but a whole lot of intersections here in the River Valley uh, to a red light, and uh, there you'll see somebody standing off on the curb or in the median. They got a little cardboard sign, and they're asking for money. Yeah? Have you seen them? I mean, they're out there. Question is, what do you do when you drive up? And I mean, you're the car right beside them. Do you look the other way? <laughs> or do you make eye contact with them? Maybe even roll down your window and give them some money. I've seen a whole lot of cardboard signs with a whole lot of messages. And, and they're really getting uh, innovative these days. I was in Phoenix a few months ago, and, and I saw the best one I've ever seen. It was this young guy, and he had this cardboard sign, and it said, Help! I'm the victim of a crazy lady. <laughs> I said, dude, you win, man. That's a great, that's a great sign. Now, because this man, <laughs> thank you, Jason. That's pretty good. Because this man was crippled, he had no way of making a living for himself, so he was forced to beg 
for help from others. And this was an ideal location. It was a very popular place because of its stunning splendor. The gate into the temple area was called beautiful because, quite frankly, that's exactly what it was. It was beautiful to look at. Historians tell us that it had huge columns and they were made of pure brass. So the more business, just like the exit ramp off of 540 going. More people, more business. Second, this was an entrance into the temple where people were going to worship God and to give offerings, hoping to get God's favor on their life. So naturally, the bigger things, these people are going to be more inclined to be generous if they think God is going to be pleased with their generosity. So it was daily routine to go to the temple to pray. They had been doing it day after day for years. It was also this man's daily routine to be brought to the exact same place at the temple to beg for money. Verse 3. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked them for alms. He begged Peter and John to give him some money. Now, there was probably nothing extraordinary about Peter and John. They just happened to be the next two guys who were going into the temple walking by. Normally, people who are passing by this crippled man, I'm sure, look the other way. Just like we try to avoid eye contact with those people who have signs on the medium. But in verse 4 it says, Fixing his eyes on the crippled man with John, Peter said, Look at us. Now Peter and John had seen this man perhaps hundreds of times. But this time was different. The word for fixing means that they gazed intently or they looked directly at the man as though they were seeing him through different eyes. You see, they were freshly filled with the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ. So they were seeing this man with a different set of eyes. They were seeing him through the eyes of Jesus Christ. It's kind of like this was a divine appointment. Go figure. Look at verses 5 and 6. So the beggar... The lame man gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none. I don't have any money. But what I do have, I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Oh man, isn't that amazing? This is huge. This is a miracle, and I'm going to come back and talk specifically about it in a moment. But notice this. Peter did something not in his own name or not with his own resources, but in the name of somebody else he did something. And the name of the somebody else he did it in is the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And folks, listen to me. This is what changes everything. This changes everything. This is what turns a routine encounter into a life-changing moment. Someone did something in the name of Jesus. Did you get that? Somebody did something in the name of Jesus Christ. Now, other people could help this man with their silver and gold, 
But Peter and John didn't have any of that. They were free will Baptist preachers. <laughs> but what they did have to offer the man was something that the world could not give this man. And that is the touch of Jesus Christ to heal him and to change his life. So you listen to me, church. That is the same power we possess. The praise team just sang about it. We possess this power. It is power that we don't possess in our own name, but in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We have something to offer in the name of Jesus Christ that can change a person's life. So Peter says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. Verse 7 says, and so he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. Amen. Somebody has said that in helping this man, it was the power of Jesus that healed him. The power that healed him was Jesus' power. But at the same time, the hand that helped him was the hand of Peter. Guys, do you see it? That's how God works. It's only his power that can change somebody's life. But God chooses to use our hand to reach out and extend his power to them. Now, this is something that Peter had seen Jesus do many times before. And here's what Peter knew. This man needed healing. And only Jesus could heal him. But Peter knew that Jesus was going to use his hand to extend the healing to him. That is absolutely amazing to me. So verse 8 says, So he, leaping up, stood and walked, and he entered the temple with them, walking, leaping, and praising God. <laughs> he was pretty excited. And let me tell you, you would be too. You would be too if you had been unable to walk your entire life. On four different occasions in this passage, Luke's, Luke makes reference to this man Walking, You see, for the very first time in his life, this man's body was fully operational. For the first time in his life, everything is working like it is supposed to work. And this guy's excited. Man, he's hopping around, he's jumping around, he's high-fiving anybody who will give him a high-five. Even people who left him hanging, he's still high-fiving, man. This guy's excited. Wow. But you know what? In his soul, he knows God has done this for him. And so he's praising God. Did you get that? He's praising God. Look at verses 9 through 11. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch which is called Solomon's and they were greatly amazed. So let me recap what we've just read. Here's this handicapped man who for years, I don't know, maybe all of his life was brought to this same spot. He begged every day in the same way. He cried out 
through all the day in the same way. And he probably got the same amount every day. Just pennies in his cup so he could live another day. But you know what? This day was different. This day was unlike any other day. This day changed everything for him. Because here comes Peter and John. Now listen to this. Peter and John had been coming to the same temple, going through the same gate, doing the same routine for prayer, seeing the same guy, hearing the same sales pitch for years. But this day was different. What made the difference? Just one thing, the name of Jesus Christ. Do you see that? I mean, they'd been doing the same thing over and over and over for year upon year upon year. But this day was different. What made the difference? The name of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 3 verse 6, Peter said, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. His name can change everything. That's why the Bible says in Philippians 2.9, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name that is above every name. <laughs> and it is by and through this name people are saved. Romans 10, 13. For everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, they shall be saved. In fact, as believers, we are to do everything we do in the name of Jesus Christ. Colossians 3, 17. And whatever you do, whether it be word in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It was in the name of Jesus that Peter told this handicapped man to stand up and walk. So, what does it mean to do something in the name of Jesus? What does it mean when we do something in the name of Jesus Christ? Four things, I want you to write them down, okay? Number one, it means this. It means that we are acting in the authority of Jesus. Peter didn't have the authority on himself or in himself. He didn't have the authority or the power to heal this man. He couldn't have done it on his own. He had to tap into the power of Jesus Christ in order to accomplish this great miracle. And you don't have the power in your life either. You see hurting people all the time and even though you'd like to change their life for them, you can't. You don't have the power to do it. But you can also tap into the same power resource, and that's Jesus Christ. So look at it like this. If, if you get pulled over by a police officer, not today, because today's Sunday, and you, you're not going to speed on Sunday anyway, right? Let's say it's tomorrow, and you get pulled over by an officer because you're going 15 over the speed limit. This officer has the legal authority to stop you. And write you out a big fat ticket. And let's suppose he does that. He gives you a ticket. And so you get back on the road and, and now you're driving the speed limit. With your Kavanaugh bumper sticker on the back of your window. And all of a sudden somebody roars past you speeding. And it ticks you off. Because they're getting away with it. And, and you didn't get away with it. Well you know what? You don't have the authority to run them down. And make a citizen's arrest. Y'all remember that? And give them your ticket. You don't have the authority to do that. 
Look at this church. The Bible teaches us that we have been given in the name of Jesus the authority to proclaim the good news of the gospel and to offer forgiveness to men, women, boys, and girls. We have been given the authority in the name of Jesus to baptize in His name. We have been given the authority to pray in His name. And with the name of Jesus comes the power of Jesus. Now we cannot bring change about in somebody else's life. Only Jesus can do that. But God has given us the power in the name of Jesus to do that. Isn't that amazing? So, when we act in the name of Jesus, we are acting in the authority of Jesus. Also, number two, to do something in the name of Jesus means that we are acting for the purposes of Jesus Christ. Now, suppose you go to work for this entrepreneur that wants to expand his business over in Hawaii. So, he pays for your air travel, he pays for your hotel room, he pays for your, your rental car, so that you can go and do business in his name in Hawaii. On top of that, your boss gives you the company checkbook so that you can purchase land in his name and for his company to do the new business. So, you get on the plane, you fly to Hawaii, but rather than spending the time and money doing your boss's business, fulfilling his purposes, you spend your time on the beach working on your suntan. And you spend his money from his checkbook buying yourself a vacation home in Hawaii. Now, do you think your boss would be very happy with that? <laughs> really? No. No, he wouldn't. Because you were not acting in his name. You were not acting for his purpose. When it says that we do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, it means that we do everything for his purpose and not for our own. We're doing it for him. We are his hands and his feet, his ambassador. That's why we read that Jesus said this in John 14, 13. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. That means that we are praying not to get our purposes or our wishes done, but the purposes of the will of God done so that God gets the glory. And that leads me to the next thing. It, it means to do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we are acting for the glory of Jesus now, ladies, suppose you're at work or you're at home and, and uh, you, you get a surprise when a delivery guy from a local florist brings you a beautiful bouquet of flowers. And the note in the flowers, you find out that your husband has remembered it's your anniversary and he's sending you these flowers and you think, it's a miracle. <laughs> this is a miracle. And you're all excited and you're, you're, just, you're just giddy with, with love. Now, if that happened to you, you would not hug the delivery guy and say, Oh, you're so sweet to think of me. Thank you so much. I love you. Give him a hug. I hope you wouldn't do that. No, because the glory doesn't go to the delivery boy. The glory goes to your husband who thought of you, who paid for the flowers, who sent you the flowers. And church, listen, when we do something in the name of Jesus, it means that we do it for His glory. 
not for ourselves. We do it to draw attention to Him, not to ourselves. And then number four, when we do something in the name of Jesus, we are acting, we are doing it in the presence of Jesus Christ. Remember that little statement that Jesus made in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20? He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. You see, when we are living every day and doing everything in the name of Jesus, here is one thing we can count on. We can count on His presence with us. You can count on the fact that Jesus is with you. Now guys, that is incredible, is it not? Just to know that when you are living in this way, you have the presence and you have the power and you have the provision of Jesus Christ in you and with you. What a way to live. Isn't that amazing? And because we as believers have the Holy Spirit of Jesus living in us, as we live and as we love in the name of Jesus, we are encountering people who are encountering Jesus inside of us. Think about that, man. That's why this man crippled from birth walked for the very first time. Why? Because he crossed paths with two men who did everything in the name of Jesus. Jesus was with Peter and John. They were on assignment for Jesus Christ and their paths crossed. So when this man encountered them, he encountered Jesus. Wow. So, got a couple questions for you. What if? What if this day is different for you? You know what? It can be. It can be. Instead of coming to church like you've done dozens of times before, and instead of just sitting in that same spot that you've sat in many times before, what if today is different? What if you were touched in the name of Jesus Christ? What if you received the same kind of transformation that you never dreamed possible, just like this crippled man received? You know what? It can happen. This day can be different. I preached a series on I need a miracle. Maybe you need a miracle today as well. Maybe it's not physical. Maybe you're not crippled from birth. Maybe you don't have a health problem. Maybe it's an emotional problem. Maybe it's a relationship problem. Maybe it's a sin problem. Let me tell you, Jesus can change everything. His name can change everything. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you can be changed today. Number two, what if today was really different for you? Instead of just going through your day in your own power, living for your own pleasure and your own purpose and your own praise, you suddenly began to see yourself for who you are in the name of Jesus Christ. And you begin to live every day in the love and in the power of Jesus, living for the purposes of Jesus and for the praise of Jesus. What, what if today you begin to see yourself as Peter or John and realizing that, you know what, God's got something bigger for my life than what I've been using it for. And what if you begin living for that purpose and saying to the Lord every day, you know what, Lord, I've got my plans and my agenda and the things that I've got to get done, but you know what, I'm giving you my life this day. And if there's some crippled man you want me to cross paths with, 
If there's someone hurting in my office or at my school or in my neighborhood who needs the transformation of the power of Jesus Christ, Lord, I'm available. And you just go on divine assignment with the Lord Jesus Christ. You tap into his power resource. And you live for his presence, his power, his glory. Let me tell you, look at me, look at me. If we decided to do that, it would change everything. You could make a huge difference, allowing God to work through you. And so, dear Lord, I pray that today would be different. For that person who needs a touch from your hand today, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that they would come to the altar and that they would surrender to you. Lord, give them the miracle that they need. Help them to look to you and to claim the power that is in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, for the rest of us, help us to just sign up today. Come to the altar and lay our bodies down as a living sacrifice and say, Lord, whatever you want from my life, I'm, I'm here, Lord. I'm giving it to you. Take me and use me for your kingdom. And dear Lord, I pray that people would come and pray for our kids who are at camp this week, that you would work in their life. I pray, dear Lord, that we would come and pray for this church, that, that we would be a light in this river valley and the world for you. And Lord, I'm, I'm lifting up these names to you right now. Donnie Dowdy, James Harris, Ed Mitchell, Rose Riddle, Jerry Tomlin. Lord, I'm praying for Jeff Berry's mom in the hospital right now. Lord, touch her. Be with Bertha Bernard, Joe Nichols. Continue to be with Miss Holly Wagner. Lord, these are just names of people that, that come to my heart and mind right now who, who need a touch from you. And I'm lifting them up to you, Lord. I'm also lifting up everyone in this room who needs to come. And in the name of Jesus Christ, pray today. Give them the grace to do that. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Would you stand? Praise team is going to sing. Altars are open. I invite you to come. And in the name of Jesus, pray today.